0: Welcome back, lovely listeners, to the Crux of Investing in Finance podcast, a subsidiary of Investonomics Education. My name is Jay, and it's time for another fantastic learning opportunity. Before we're going to st- start today's show, it's worth mentioning that our Sunday podcasts are primarily video based. If you'd like to get the full experience, please check out our Investonomics YouTube channel and follow along visually there. Make sure to be the first to access our content by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Investonomics Education. And if you'd like to read these episodes and their supplemental materials, check out the show notes for a link to our shared drive. We also want to emphasize that everything we mention in both our podcasts and YouTube videos are not financial advice. Always use your best judgment and make your own decisions When it comes to selecting investment opportunities, what we do on this show is we simply guide you along the path of personal financial education. Always do your own research when you're investing. Without further ado, thank you very much for tuning in. Now let's get to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is our 43rd ITT episode, which if you haven't been here before is our Investonomics Topic Tuesday So thanks so much for joining us today. Let's dive right into this one. You've probably heard of Silicon Valley Bank, right? Yep, me too. It's been all over the news, different forums, and most notably the stock market this past week. Large and regional bank stocks and ETFs have plummeted into the double-digit percentages in just a matter of days. And contagion risk was very apparent when New York-based Signature Bank also collapsed just two days after SVB met its demise. The collapse of SVB is quoted to be the largest lender collapse since Lehman Brothers and Washington Mutual went under during the 2008 financial meltdown, and worse yet, the second worst meltdown of all U.S. history. So today, let's take some time and do a full analysis and rundown of exactly what happened to SVB, what signs were present, and how it can be prevented in the future with other banks. The Santa Clara, California-based bank came out of the pandemic swinging, doubling total customer deposits in 2021. That's a huge amount of extra deposits. They primarily serve Silicon Valley customers and venture capital firms and other different firms as a regional bank. The issues came from rising interest rates. With the extra deposits that could not be lent out due to their sheer volume, they were used to purchase ultra-low risk government bonds. For those who don't know, the interest rates, also called the coupon rate or yield on bonds, Is inversely related to the price of a bond so if you receive a higher payment on the bond in the form of the interest its price must fall to offset this but this is an issue for a bank when they have to liquidate these positions like those in government bonds when withdrawals are requested by depositors but as interest rates kept rising in the economy due to the federal funds rate being increased The prices of the bonds on SVB's balance sheet kept falling along with its stock price which tumbled over 60% as of Friday. In order to revive capital to satisfy these withdrawals, SVB was forced to sell government bonds at a $1.8 billion cumulative loss. This came as a huge negative signal for many companies holding deposits at the bank and as a result various very prestigious venture capital firms ordered the companies in which they had a stake to withdraw their funds. Now of course this further caused the chain reaction of many other depositors doing the same thing in fear that they would not be able to recover their cash from the bank. What ensued therefore was a good old-fashioned bank run. For those of you that don't know, a bank run is simply when depositors come to claim their deposits all at the same time. And sometimes banks can't fulfill this if they're in a liquidity crunch, which was the case for SVB. As it stands, and according to Fortune magazine, about $42 billion was withdrawn in a single day on March 10th, 2023. This led to state regulators shuttering the doors of the bank before depositors could no longer be protected. Deposits are safe, sort of. Let me explain. So over the weekend, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or as you might know it, the FDIC, has taken over the bank and fully renamed it as the Deposit Insurance National Bank of Santa Clara, which in itself is a mouthful, and will fully reopen on Monday, which was yesterday. FDIC-insured deposits, which includes any deposits made by customers of up to $250,000 was accessible to customers yesterday, March 13, 2023. For those who had deposits in excess of $250,000, they may or may not receive their uninsured portion of their deposits, depending on whether the liquidation of SVB's assets by the FDIC yields enough of a return to pay depositors their full deposit amount. So what this means is that if all of the assets are liquidated and there is enough to cover all deposits, this is the best case scenario when everyone gets their money back. But since there was already significant losses on some of their investments, this may be unlikely. So therefore, if it can't be fully recovered, the full amount what's owed to depositors, those that have in excess of $250,000 may not receive the total amount above that figure back. Related companies and in similar industries felt the pain over the past few days. Banks like First Republic Bank saw a 75% decline in its stock price in just three days. And PacWest Bancorp stock tumbled by 64% in the same time period. Even ETFs are suffering. Ticker KBE, which is the S&P Bank ETF, fell about 14% since last Thursday. And keep in mind, this is fully diversified over the entire banking industry. So this was a huge hit. Things aren't looking too good for the banking industry right now. But in light of the SVB failure, regulators announced on Sunday that a new program would soon be implemented by Congress to which Joe Biden spoke about protecting depositors of banks as well as workers at those banks, which he called American Jobs. New legislation will soon create easier and more accessible funds being available in the case of a banking emergency. And instead of selling assets such as government bonds, Banks can then simply cover their obligations temporarily using a federally instated fund. This will reduce the risk of selling investments with large losses, which may otherwise lead to bank runs and a shortage of capital, such as what happened with SVB. SVB was in fact the largest collapse since 2008 when Washington Mutual, which had $307 billion in assets, collapsed right after the collapse of Lehman Brothers in that same contagion effect way. SVB had roughly $209 billion in assets as of year-end 2022 and was the 16th largest bank at the time in the United States. The risk presented by the collapse of SVB is a wake-up call for many banks, even if they have the capital to cover investment losses. And what this means is that environments with high interest rates can be dangerous even for the safest investments, such as government bonds. Thank you for sticking around until the very end of the podcast. As always, if you liked today's episode, please leave us a fair rating and share this content with one friend or family member. It helps the show grow and reach more like-minded people. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear some feedback from you. Leave any questions or comments on our YouTube video or for you podcast listeners out there, send us an email at investonomicseducation at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, stay safe out there and have a wonderful day.